0: Hey, you got him with this one, die It's so, soulful. full. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block, in the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot, that the heat from the street almost melts your flip flops, or burn through your new shoes and leave you. With are in your socks. a city slickers there was no water spots. So we'd head to the corner, Mr. Warner would knock off the knob on top of the Welcome back. Oh my dude eyes. dadders, future fathers, potential parents, and everyone else tuning in.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Dad Hard with a podcast. As always. I am your host and the creator of the show, Mo Green, and I appreciate you guys tuning in yet again for another week of fatherly content. I really appreciate it. Again, I know I say it every week, but I got to keep saying it every week because the love and the feedback that I'm getting from the podcast is just so fucking unbelievable. I just have to give my appreciation out to everybody like, the listens keep going up, the subscriptions keep going up, the ratings, the the download. It's just really, really fucking awesome, and I really appreciate it, man. It's like so humbling and and just amazing that that this is really touching and reaching people and connecting with people. So uh, I really appreciate it, moms, dads, non moms, non dads, parents, future parents, whoever the hell you are, tuning in. And keep doing it. I really appreciate it. Uh, And I'm going to keep trying to do the same thing and give you guys some really cool content that hopefully helps you walk down this journey of of parenthood or fatherhood. Um, And if you're not walking down that path, well, at least you can enjoy fucking mine. So, you know that's all That's all I can do. I really appreciate it. Uh, the love has just been spectacular. Uh, as always, I'll start it out. All well, my dads, moms, whoever, uh, the dads especially, um, if you want to connect, please hit me up. I know some of you have been doing it, but keep it coming. Uh, hit me up. Send an email out. I'd love to connect with the dad brotherhood as often as I can. So that's dadhardpod at gmail.com. And as always, follow me on Instagram at dadhardpod on the IG. I'm trying to start getting my content game up, Uh, you know, still trying to figure out this pathway uh, and and what we're trying to do with this thing beyond just the podcast. So uh, just follow me. I'll be trying to put up some more content. I'll definitely let you know when, when new episodes are dropping. So definitely hit me up. Give me a follow uh, and we'll take it from there. But let's definitely connect. I want to talk with all of you and and, and get everybody that I that I can to share their experiences the way that I'm sharing mine and the way that my guests have been sharing theirs and will continue to share theirs. So with that said, uh, let's roll on with the with episode four. We're on episode four. We're almost halfway to double digits. Uh, with episode four, this is week nine for me of parenthood and um this was a this was an interesting week a lot of ups and downs um a couple of cool moments a couple of just like i'm a dad moment um and so we we'll, let's get into it uh week 9 uh the highlight of the week uh i would ha- probably have to say is watching my daughter lift her head it was so cool. And dad's out there just like finding, finding her hand like I talked about last week. When you see your kid lift their head for the first time, it's like so cool. That's like, oh, you're a big girl. You're doing it. You want know, it's like that, uh, that, that. That line in Hook, when Robin Williams finally learns how to fly, He's like you're doing it, Peter. Like I just wanted to yell that out to my daughter when she. I actually do think that I did yell that out to my daughter. Let me not lie here. But it's just so cool because you know you're you. You want to coddle them, and you want to keep them so close, and, and and you think they're so fragile. I mean, they are fragile, but you think that they're so fragile. They feel so fragile, and, you know, when you're, you're not holding their head, it, like, wiggles around, and, and, like, it's like a bobblehead doll, and you get so scared every time that happens. But when you see them lift their head by themselves for the first time you know you've been sitting there doing this tummy time for nine months waiting for her to kind of lift her head but instead she's just like crying and crying and she hates being on her stomach because she can't lift her head and she can't move watching her raise her head up and then she actually like picked herself up like on her forearms it was almost like she was doing a push-up and I swear to god my wife my wife Says I'm crazy because it's too way too early. But I swear to God, she was like this close from crawling. She was almost doing a military style crawl. It was fucking awesome. It was so cool. But she lifted up her head and she like looked at us. And then again, uh, we were sitting on the couch. That was on her, like her tummy time mat when she did it for the first time. But then again, we're sitting on the couch and... I don't know if I was like in the kitchen or like cleaning up something whatever but I hear my wife call me from the other room and I run out and my my daughter is laying on my wife's chest and she's lifting her head up like and pushing herself up with her arms on my wife's chest looking at my wife in the face and I was like that's incredible but god Damn it, why couldn't that be me? Why couldn't she lift herself up and look at me in the face? Why'd it have to be you? Why does it always have to be the mom? I felt so left out. But it was just still a, such a cool moment. Um it was the lifting ahead. The that's that's the next one. You know, I guess that's the the progression It's on the line. It's finding a hand, lifting the head, and then you know, crawling and first where all these firsts are just so they seem so insignificant if you're not in it and you don't know what it's like, I guess. You know, I'm I'm sitting here listening to myself, and I was like, yo, if I'm not a dad, like, why the fuck do I care if your daughter lift her head? You know what I mean? But when you're a dad and you see that happen, like, it's so cool. All these little moments are so cool, and, like, that's what makes parenting so incredible. And that's what makes fatherhood so incredible, is that it's just, especially the early stages, it's just filled with, every day is filled with these little moments that are so fucking awesome because it's all first. It's amazing. I'm sure my second kid, I'm not going to give a fuck when they lift her head. Like I'm not going to care at all, but this is my first kid. The first time she lifts her head, it was amazing. Um, the, uh, the other thing that happened this week, we took her to her two month doctor's appointment and that was an interesting experience. That was, it was definitely interesting. Um, The good news is that, you know, I know I've been talking a bunch about how she lost a lot of weight in her first weeks. And I'm sure you're tired of me hearing the same thing over and over in the tongue tie and blah, 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 blah. Hopefully this will be the last time because my daughter is finally gaining the weight back. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, she is cracked double digits in poundage, 10 pounds, Two ounces, two point six ounces as a matter of fact, in two months that she gained like almost two pounds in the last two weeks since we like rushed her to the hospital or rushed her to the doctor when she was sick. Um so it, it, it it's been fantastic. It's fantastic. So again, last week it was the sleep. This week I know she's mine because daddy loves to eat and daddy could do one thing, that's gain some weight. I'm still packing on the pregnancy pants and I wasn't even pregnant. But seriously, she, she's gaining the weight. She went from like the sixth percentile to like the 13th or 16th percentile in just two weeks, two and a half pounds into it. It's fantastic. It was amazing. I was so proud of her. I was like, that's my first um, I guess not really my first, but like I, I was I had such a proud father moment. It was great. Um, it was really cool. But with that first appointment or this two-month appointment, oh, man, brought on another traumatic experience for daddy. Um, And it it seemed to be actually a pretty traumatic experience for for my baby girl as well. She got her first set of shots.
0: Oh, man,
1: man, oh, man. That's first set of of shots. Dads, moms out there listening, you know, you know about these first set of shots And again, this is something they don't tell you in the baby books. They don't tell you on the mommy blogs. So you heard it here first on dad hard with a podcast. Those first shots are gut wrenching. And as a dad, you're the one that has to sit there and watch the whole shit happen. Like, my daughter was in my I had to hold My wife, she, like, turned around, like, against the corner, like she's in the Blair Witch Project or some shit like that. But, me, I'm holding her in my arms, and I can't even, like, face her, like, put her towards me. I have to face her outwards, which has become her new favorite position, as I mentioned before. But I have to face her outwards. So she's sitting out. She can't even look at me for comfort. And a doctor just come, Or the nurse comes in, and first she... Feeds her some some shit for her stomach that's supposed to help with with some stomach bug or or a stomach uh yeah, stomach bug, whatever, infection, whatever it is. And then she comes in with this big needle and boom, right in the thigh. And oh my god. Her, her reaction, my daughter's reaction, I, I swear to God, I almost jumped across the table and punched this this nurse in the face. I was like, well, how dare you? Make my daughter cry like what the fuck are you doing? But You know, nobody wants to see daddy leave the pediatrician's office in handcuffs. So I had to calm myself down. And instead, I had to do what any other strong, strong strong-willed father figure needs to do to set a good example for the baby girl. And I cried my fucking ass out right along with her because it was just gut-wrenching. They put the needle in her and they gave her a shot and I know she needs it, but she was like in such pain and like one, I don't even know if she was in pain or if it was just shock, but she, her reaction, she couldn't even cry. She didn't even make a sound. She was crying so hard. She couldn't even make a sound. You know, like when you get hit in the throat and like. You can't even make a sound, or or guys, you get hit in the nuts and like you you can't even cry or make a sound because it just hurts that bad, or the shock is so incredible. Like, that's what it was. And it was so gut wrenching and like heartbreaking. I, like, I had to cry right along with her because there was nothing I could do to help her. Like, there was nothing I could do. I couldn't comfort her nothing. And there wasn't even enough time to do anything if I could because, boom, right after that, she gets another shot. They give her two shots right back to back. Like, come on, let the girl breathe for a second. Jesus Christ, these doctors are brutal. Um, But, like, it was just oh man watching her react like that where she couldn't even make any noise like that was that was a whole nother level and that was much worse than seeing the blood in her mouth after getting her tongue snipped like she didn't even cry during that it was like that nothing even happened get these shots and watch her react like that oh man truly truly heartbreaking but she's got her shots so now me and my wife are a little bit more comfortable taking her places. We took her out a bunch this past weekend. She met a lot of people. She was around a couple of kids. Now we can like appease my mother and her mother. And now family can come in and they can all meet her and hold her and do the whole thing. Me and my wife was out the other night at a birthday, our neighbor's birthday party. And we didn't even touch our baby. We gave it right to... Our neighbor took it right from us. She's like, oh, I miss holding the baby. Can I take it? I was like, all right, cool. Here you go. Boom. The whole night, within three hours, mommy and daddy get drunk off wine, and the neighbors are just holding the baby. It was fantastic. I wish I could get her shots every day. Not really, but I'm just saying, now for a little bit at ease, you know, so family, if you're listening, let's get a weekend. Come on down. You can see the baby. You can hold the baby. You can touch the baby. You kiss the baby. Do the whole thing. It's got some shots now. Got some Im- Im- immunities in it. You know what I mean. So, mommy and daddy are a little are a little bit less crazy than we were these last couple of weeks. Um, but what was a little bit interesting, and um, dads and and other parents out there that are listening, I, I would really appreciate if you could could write in and, and, and hit me up on this one and see if you had the same experience. Um, and our do- we talked to our doctor about it, and 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 she said that that this something like this might happen, but it was a little concerning to us after we had the these shots because um, that was last Wednesday. I'm recording this now on Monday evening, and um, our daughter is having like her appetite and her eating habits like completely changed. After that, you know, um, up until that point, we were getting her to eat like four or five ounces on a reg. Obviously she gained two and a half pounds. She's a 10 pound baby. She was eating good in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? But, um, after the shots, like we've been struggling to even get her to eat like two ounces. Um, and we, we started getting really worried because it's just so not like her again, like I said, she been eating good in the neighborhood. She she's ten pounds. Like she's she's been doing really well. Uh, but all of a sudden it just switched. So like parents out there Give me a shout. I'd just love to hear your experiences. Like I said, it's not a medical pod. Um, and I know what I said in the first episode. So I went to my pediatrician uh, and my wife is taking her to, Mar to to make sure that everything is okay. Um, but I'd love to get your experiences. Um, so, so shoot them over to me. If you had similar experiences with, with getting these first round of shots and, and changing the, the eating habits of your child, uh, dadhardpod at gmail.com or send me a message on Instagram at Dadhardpod. Um, I just love, like I said, love to get your experiences. I, I told you from jump, this is I wanted this to be kind of an open space for all of us dads and and parents alike to to, to share our experiences with each other um, and, and and with me the way that I am with you. So so we can all kind of go, go down this road together in this brotherhood. You know what I mean? So, so shoot me over. Um, you know, I was doing some reading on it and I know that like week nine and 10, they go through another big cognitive leap. And during that cognitive leap, they can change their appetite. Like their appetite can be really diminished. So I'm hoping that that's all that's happening you know uh but you know it's going on five days now she's only had like one day where she was really eating well so um that's just a little concerning but like i said we're going to the doctor we're gonna get it taken care of she's still happy as can be literally the happiest human on the planet but i'd love to hear your experiences if anybody had the same type of thing so holler at your boy um the last thing that I had in, in week nine was, uh, was, was a really big milestone because it was my first birthday as a, as a father uh, and as a parent. And, and that was really cool, uh, because I got probably one of the coolest and definitely the, the cutest daughter daddy gifts, um, ever made. And that was a cool little t two t-shirts, two of them, double time, double, trouble, double the fun. Um, Two T-shirts with my daughter's footprints on them, and then her initials like stitched in one on the arm, one on the neckline. Oh man, it was just the cutest, most. It was the best, one of the best gifts I ever got, honestly. Um, and uh, and that was really cool. To 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 uh, my best friend texted me and he had a happy birthday, and he was like, "Yo, first birthday as a parent, it must be wild." And you know what? It really was. You know, like because you know my birthday wasn't about me anymore. It was about her. I didn't do nothing. I didn't do I went out to a movie for a couple of hours with, with my wife and, and my brother in law and his girlfriend um, because I just wanted to be with the baby. We spent the whole day with the baby, walking around, went to a restaurant, you know, had some ice cream. Uh you know, it was it was she couldn't have any ice cream obviously, but you know, I daddy had some ice cream and uh it's my birthday. Fuck it. You know, I told you I'm gonna get in wake. What do you want from me? Anyway. It was cool. It was just a really cool experience. It was a really like transformative experience for me. That, that it's no longer. Birthdays don't really matter. You know what I mean? I was always kind of a big birthday dude. But this year I just wasn't a, a birthday dude. It was very introspective. I, I I It was a cool. It was a really cool experience. But that t-shirt. Oh man. I'm telling you. Dads out there. Listen up. If you want to win some serious dad points. At even more husband points. Or partner points. If your partner or baby mama or wife, whatever she may be, if her birthday is coming up and it's her first birthday as a parent, go out, get something that she loves to wear, go take it to your local Michaels or some other type of craft spot, bring your baby with you and get the footprints and handprints on a piece of clothing for her. Now, let's be clear. Don't take a piece of clothing out of her closet. Make sure you get her a new piece of clothing because if you take her dress that she had just bought to wear to go take the baby to meet the rest of her family next week and you put some fucking footprints and handprints on it and black ink, she's going to cut your head off. So don't do that. Get some new shit, you know what I mean? Whether it's just a nightgown or, or a comfortable, you know, crop top belly tee if that's what she's into or, you know, a cute t-shirt with white t-shirt, black t-shirt, whatever. But, but do that. It is a phenomenal gift to get. Um, I know from experience, it was fantastic. I wore I wore mine all day. I wore it to the movie. I wore it to, all day to lunch when we was out. It was like I wore it with pride because I had a piece of my daughter, like all my body. It's crazy. Um, but that's week nine in a nutshell. I won't, I won't go too long into it. I'm trying to cut these first segments down, uh, but we do have another segment. And so coming up after the break, we have a really cool guest who is not just a friend of mine, is not just, I'm not just bringing on my friends, people, I promise you. Um, he's actually a, a, a fellow friend Father Potter out there uh, and the creator and host of 100% Dad. His name's Townsend Russell. Uh, he's a super interesting dude. His view on father, he's like eight years ahead of me on a fatherhood train. But like his view on, on fatherhood is super inspirational um, and, and has been a really nice guiding light to me as I've been going down. He's, he's one of these podcasts and, and content creators that I've found is really kind of helped me guide down and, and, and decide what I wanted to be as a father so you know I have him coming on the show it's fantastic we linked up the on Instagram the power of social media is fantastic uh so keep it locked and stay tuned I got Townsend Russell coming up on the other side and I will catch you on the rebound
0: holler at your boy Amazing. yeah I love you too, baby. Oh, you do, I, swear. I know, I know. Come on. Uh, that's what she telling me. And so I'm telling him the same thing. Like we both speaking in synonyms. But she don't know I'm lying. I swear to God, I'm trying to be positive, calm, faithful, and honest. God damn it, I done done it again. Fell in love with another one. What I'm I was just up in the club and I done both in the midst. Never in my days of bugging would I think I done this. I spilled a cup, so I said, Hi, beautiful. I'm sorry about that, boo. Can I feel you? Uh-huh. We headed to the bar and we started to talk. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I was in a digging her Come to think of it, an hour later, I was love, drunk, and sticking The pussy was magnificent, all the sh- Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right Remember back in the days Before you had brains Or cared about your ways oh, Remember back in the times When being and just a kid was fun Right, right Remember the sandbox oh. Little league ball Felt like the sandlot And welcome back, back to Dad Hard
1: With a podcast As usual, you know, after that musical break It's the guest segment And I got a very special guest coming on the show Um, Today, he is actually another dad. That also has a podcast. Uh, you know, it's like Kindred Spirits over here or whatever. Um, but so I'm introducing Townsend Russell. He is the host of the podcast, 100% Dad. And I wanted to kind of sit down with him to see what his thoughts were about, you know, doing a podcast, why he decided to start it. I don't know why I did it, but, you know, I'm always interested to find out why different dads do the things that they do. And in this case, we're kind of doing the same thing, we have a little bit of different angle. But I wanted to reach out to him Wanted to bring him on the show And and have him discuss his needs And his thoughts Why he thought a a podcast for dads was needed So Townsend, you there? I'm here Excellent, nice to have you on the show Thank you for giving me the time I really appreciate it like I said, I wanted to, you know, we've been talking back and forth via email um, and a couple text conversations or whatever, and I wanted to bring you on the show because I thought, it, I always think it's interesting that uh, I see new dads, or you're not a new dad, but dads coming on with podcasts and, and offering different types of content. So I'm always curious as to why they decided to, to do that for me, um, you know, I wanted to offer an experience. I'm a new dad, so and I didn't feel like I had a lot of outlets for that while I was preparing to be a father. So I wanted to kind of offer that experiential guideline while also giving myself a kind of audio journal um, down this path of uh, fatherhood. Um, but why did you specifically decide to, to start your podcast? So the
2: podcast is actually a vessel of... Uh of our content. So I, I, never went out to start a podcast. I went out to start putting out content. Um, and so we started with, you know, a Facebook page and a website and, um, an Instagram page and started doing some videos and on YouTube and things like that. And then it just kind of, uh, and it's still all new. This has been the last few months. Um, and then we started, uh, doing some
3: podcasts cause, cause audio is such a, a, a popular thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, from from my I, I, yeah, so you're doing the uh,
2: going, I guess, from birth and and tracking the stages of like a really young baby and first time dad and things like that. Um, I, I am definitely in a different season of life. I'm in uh, I've got three boys: an eight year old, a six year old, and a three year old. Oh man! Uh, so we're 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 beyond we're beyond the infant stages.
1: must be running you dry. Really,
2: <laughs> yeah, well, and, and we're really getting to like a super fun stage to where all the kids can be involved and we can go out and do, you know, boy and man stuff and and we're starting to get um, into hunting together and things like that. So, you know, we, we can go to arcades and have a lot of fun. Um, Whereas before we've always kind of been, um, you know, tied down to not nice word, but it's true. Uh, We've always kind of been anchored by um, an infant. You can only do so much when you're, when you have the infants with you.
1: Um, I know it very well.
2: Yeah. So, so we're, we're getting to that stage to where we have no new babies coming and, um and that's where we've really been for eight years it's it's been constant diapers and constant um sleep schedules and feeding schedules and, and working around that now we're starting to really uh enjoy the fun that comes with uh not having babies <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> which is which is good
1: yeah i can imagine- i can imagine as such um so you said you started as a you started kind of releasing content before the podcast what so what sparked you then i guess to start going down that road um you know, oh, did you...
2: So that's, a, that, that's, a, that's a more interesting story. Um, I like to I like to write, okay. which is weird because I'm not a writer, but that's kind of like how I, um, I don't know, my stress relief. I just enjoy doing that. Uh, and so I uh, I at one point in my business got a little worried that I was going to be dead at some point. Um, and so I wanted to make sure our businesses would survive me. So I, I wrote out, like, a whole detailed, like, three-inch thick binder of step-by-step step what to do if I die, to tell the employees, the customers, how to run the business, what vendors to call, uh, what to say. And so I have, like, this whole binder of if I die, my wife can step in and basically be me, and she can either run the business, hire a manager, or sell the business. Uh, but it doesn't collapse without me. right uh, And so it, it was kind of – it was really smart to do, and that's something I think everybody – where the business relies on one person, like it did on me, um, I think everyone should do it like that. Um, you know, have plans in place in case you become disabled or in a car accident or just some, you know, somehow not available. Uh, and so, I just thought it was such a good idea. I figured I could do it with parenting. If I could replace business Townsend, then maybe I can replace business or uh, parenting dad or Townsend the dad. So I just started writing down notes that if I die, that I would want my boys to know, like just things I would, how I would intend to raise them, how, uh, you know, what our family stands for and what our values are and, um, you know, how we've reacted in different situations, um, things that a dad's, a dad teaches his kids over time and, or I feel they should teach their kids over time. And, um, and so that's really, so I I ended up writing like a whole book on that as well. Um, so, know, when I say book, it's not like a book to be published because, well, parenting books are boring, and that one is no exception.
1: You're absolutely um, correct about that.
2: You're absolutely yeah. correct. So, so, I figured you know the best way to kind of get it out there was just to, to put it out for free and give content. So we just give like little, little pieces uh, uh, here and there, and we're just slowly kind of releasing it all. Cool. Um, and so that's really how it kind of started. Was uh, um, you know I, I wrote I wrote a, essentially a book or notes on one. What I would want my boys to know if I die and can't tell them myself, and then uh, um, you know that was kind
1: of it. So now, do you, are you doing the content? Is it just you, or you you keep referring to the we? Do you have like a, a team or a group of dads or a group of guys or, or people that you're working with to put it out? Or are you doing it with yeah. your wife? Doing- um,
2: so I I, I I still have three other businesses, so I spend a lot. Of, I do spend a lot of time on those. Plus, I have three boys, and um, so my time is definitely spent my family For sure. with those businesses and with 100% that. So I'm, I'm a little fragmented. Um, I am terrible. at um, art, like I'm not an artist at all. So I do have someone that makes it. So I tell them basically what I want and then they make graphics around it. So I can't do cool. graphics. Um, Irene is great at graphics. So she does the graphics. Um, we have a girl, uh, Lindsay, and she's really our, our website and social media person. We just hired her on about, um, a month or two ago. Oh, and cool. She is, she decides like when we should release and what she, we should release. And, um, she's doing so like, if you go to our Instagram page now, uh, you'll notice, uh, if you go back and look at our postings, it looks a lot better aesthetically now than it did a month ago, where it was all kind of like the same aesthetics to it. Gotcha. And so she's very talented in those aspects. But so, um, the content is still hundred percent me. Every word is still me. Uh, uh but they kind of create the graphics around it and uh, the aesthetics and the the timing of how to put it out and things like that. Um, Some of the comments and, uh, like, if you communicate via message, that's sometimes me, it's sometimes Lindsay. Um, If it's complicated at all or Lindsay just doesn't know how to answer it, she'll she'll send me a message, and we stay in uh, daily communication on that kind of
1: stuff. Gotcha. Cool. I mean, it's a great great concept to, I mean, I, I really... The reason why I started my podcast, going along with what you you said about the books being boring, right, is that there's just not a lot of, like, cool or, like, entertaining content that's out there for dads specifically. There's a million Instagram pages and Twitters and Facebook groups and all that stuff for moms, but, like, there's this real void when it comes to the same thing for dads and i think that's really necessary i really love what what, what you're doing um, as far as like generating that content for dads and and just speaking of that that content what what's like the overall message that you're trying to get across to uh, to your followers or the audience with with your content because i feel like from listening to the podcast and stuff like that um it's a it's a different message than what what i'm i'm coming with but an important very important message nonetheless and i really dig it so why don't you talk about that yeah. for a little bit? You
2: you, you, hit it, you hit the nail on the head. Um, there's not a lot of content out there, and there's either two reasons for that: is just because either we're not putting it out or we've been kind of encouraged not to put it out, or because we're all making a giant mistake and there's no dads that want to listen to it, and then all this is going <laughs> to fail anyway. So one, one of those two things.
0: Well, uh, we might be
1: making the, giant mistakes anyway, even if we are putting content out, but, you know, at least we're letting yeah. people know that we're making those mistakes. That's true. The, now, the... The
2: interesting thing about it is when you think of a mom, um, you think of um, a very capable person, you think of um, someone that's doing, you know, at least when I think but the, the laundry and the cooking and cleaning and helping the kids with school and taking care of the house and, you know, oftentimes they're out working as well, but they're kind of like the jack of all trades. They do everything, like yep. the world's on their shoulders and they're competent, they're smart, they run the family financially. Like, that's what the, you, when you talk about a mom, that's kind of like the picture people start to formulate. And when you talk about a dad, a lot of people just go straight to, uh, "Oh, he watches football all day. Um, All he cares about is sports. He's kind of he just makes stupid
1: jokes." Homer Simpson, um,
2: yeah, yeah. He's he's the head of the family, but Lord knows why. Right. You know, and that and that whole general perspective just kind of drives me crazy. And it's been so pushed and ingrained, and it's in popular culture. Like you said, Homer Simpson, and and, I mean, just most TV shows make dad the butt of the joke. Whereas you go back to like the fifties, you know, dad was the, um, you know, the leader and the the anchor of the family and, and like a true patriarch. Yeah. Um, and now he's just, he's, he's the punchline. Yeah. So I, I would really like to see that narrative change. Um, you know, I would like the dads that have, um, gotten soft and are, and are, i think of the best way to verbalize that, but you know, <laughs> essentially, I want the soft dad to step up and be a little harder. And I want the hard dads to, to step back and be a little softer because you still have the, uh, you know, the good old country boy that thinks he should just dominate everything, and he um, should sit down and have a beer, and his wife should take care of him, and uh, you know, he's should, he should discipline the children, and and you know, his involvement with the kids should only be when they're older. And, you know kind of in a sense then more enjoyable uh, or when it comes to discipline and you know I, and I also disagree with that like I, I think a dad needs to be giving a lot of love and, and, and bonding when they're young so that way when we get to these older uh, stages, they can come to dad with their real problems and they're not hiding
1: that from him. Right, really build that trust. Dad. It's building that trust yeah. between father and, and son or father and daughter. But exactly. you do that by God. I mean, I, I, I'm seen that with my... I know you're way ahead of me as far as, like, the parenting road and steps with, with how old your boys are. But I already see that with my daughter is that, you know, like, I... I mean, she's only two months old, right? But I see that, like, from the love and affection that I give her, she now she finds comfort in me anytime. Like, I step into the room. So, like, if my wife is changing her on the changing table and and she's crying or whatever, and I come into the room, her eyes and her mood changes a little bit, and she gets softer now because there's like this sense of like trust, almost that I think she understands whether she actually does or not, and it might all be in my head, right? But but it's,
3: it's all bonding
1: for sure. And I think that's important. I, 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 you're, that's why I really wanted to talk to you, because I think that message is so important to get across.
2: Right. Because you look at the amount of problems you're having with youth these days, especially when they get to that teenage level, and the amount of the amount of drugs, the amount of suicides, the amount of um, uh, sex. Uh, I mean, you look at all the negative factors um, and a common denominator is that there's not a strong dad at home or mom and dad are divorced or dad's not even around at all. Yeah. And when there is a, a very solid two-parent household where mom and dad are in a good relationship, the, the youth issues drop by 90%. It, it's not a cure-all, fix-all.
0: No, of course not. So. Dram-
2: statistically, it is dramatically
0: different. Oh,
2: and, absolutely. Um, and to think... You know, like you're saying, creating that bonding early to think that you can not ever change a diaper um, and not be involved and just start getting involved and telling the kid what to do when they're 11, 12 years old and then trying to insert yourself. And you think that kid's going to listen to you like it's not going to happen. Of course. So that's why, you know, being there when they're an infant and being involved and, and you know, as a dad, you're going to be into it more because you have this podcast and you're really paying attention to it. Uh, most dads don't have that and i was included in uh it's not always fun to play with an infant to play with a one-year-old two-year-old they're kind of boring they do the same thing um and you know it's really easy just to sit there and turn on the tv turn on football games and have the kid near you and let them play with their blocks or whatnot and uh or or not be there at all because it feels like you're not missing out on anything but but uh you know, I, I think it's critically important to be there and to create that bonding, and to have those softer moments of, of where the kid can cuddle up with you, and you can do the same back. And uh, yeah, I just think that pays plays dividends uh, down
1: the road. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100% I mean like I said I, I'm seeing it even now with my 8 week old and you know my wife always it's funny that you bring up the you know just sit down and watch TV because they get boring you know my, my wife keeps me in check a little bit you know like I have a podcast but I'm not a, like a perfect dad like sometimes it does it gets a little bit it gets a little bit redundant in that they're just kind of lying around and just looking around and doing stuff so you know there are times where like I want to be like okay she doesn't necessarily want to be like sitting on me anymore or she's just lying here you know what let me Put her in her swing, she go and my wife keeps me in check. She's like, she's like, Oh, you're just gonna pawn her off on the swing, just gonna put her down like that. You don't wanna hang out at the bottom of I'm like, whoa, you know what? I was like, you're right. Like, let me just keep her, let me turn her around, let me do some stuff, let me take her into her room, let me um, you know, let play with her on her like tummy time mat or whatever like that. Uh, because I do think I agree with you, I think it's really, really, really important. And this whole concept of dads being more involved in general. Um, is extremely important. You know, my dad was um my dad was very involved in my life, and I can see how that's changed me in comparison to a lot of my friends that I had growing up that didn't have fathers in their life at all. You know, um, and my dad actually was able to step into that role for them uh, a lot of times, and I saw the the dividends that paid for me, but also for like my friends that didn't have that role, and they looked to my dad to do that, and. I, like I, I kind of want to emulate that because I think it's very 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 important I, and I, I agree with you on that front um there's just a different experience and a different way that you evolve and you mature and you grow when you do have that fatherly experience whether you're a son or a daughter and you have that fatherly connection from jump I think it, it it just makes a world of difference you know
2: and sometimes think about it you know as adults Um, our our minds will think that quality time um, is more important than quantity of time and as adults that's normal you know your relationship with your wife that's normal you want the time to be quality not necessarily quantity Um, I think with children
1: young stage they're not remembering the moments yet right you know what i mean until you get to be two three i mean two is even young but until you get to be three four five six you're not really remembering these like quality moments for lack of a better term you but you do remember that your dad or your parent was always there so i agree with i I very much agree with you on that it's
2: that presence it's that stability it's that um it's that he's always there um, that's the important factor. L- yeah. Less than memories, I mean, kids, some of those things are going to be super memorable. Um, but when you're talking about grooming a human being, um, a stable environment is, is 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 very important. Like it
1: makes a difference uh, throughout the scope of their lives. Of and the- you being
2: there all the time um, is.
1: Creates that stable environment. I agree hundred percent. I mean, I can, again, I, I hate to keep relaying it back to me, but like, you know, I see that well, I sleep next to, my, we still have my daughter in, in the bassinet in our bedroom. Right. And I sleep next to it. Cause my wife is like, if I sleep next to it, I'm going to be going crazy and think of every, all the time. Is she breathing? Is she not breathing? If I don't hear every sound, she's going to, so I sleep next to the bassinet, but now I, I mean, Needless to say, I am now doing that all the time. Like, I don't sleep at night because every time I hear her, I'm like, what's something wrong? If I don't hear her, I'm like, is something wrong? But um, I can see that she now, my daughter expects me to be there next to her every time that I lie her down I put it so when I put her down for a nap and like I try to like leave the room, she's like looking like, wait, you're not staying here, you're not gonna be right here with me or whatever. Or when I wake her up in the morning right. to be, she's so happy to know that I'm there waking her up. She like expects to to see me, like, absolutely. Now you also
2: now you also need to wean her off that. Eventually. Oh well, you know, I, I, you I, know, I of, of course about four or five six year old not able to sleep in her own room. Um, you're also in your first, so we did that same thing with our first child, and when you start getting second third um, that outside of the first few weeks, um, that becomes less relevant than because you want to sleep so bad. Yeah. <laughs> you're willing to put a three week old baby in their own room on the other side of the house. Yeah. Uh, because my gosh, you haven't slept in four years <laughs> um, and just anything you could, do, I mean, really, that's what it kind of <laughs> comes down to. But, um, and I've got friends that it's a little strange, but they, their entire family sleeps in the same room. Um, uh, it, it, i could never do that that's it works insane with their family and, and their kids are still independent so they're 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 a unique family and that's why I, I won't bash on anybody's parenting style because they're really good parents their kids are going to grow up to be fine and independent but they have basically two like king-size beds in their room in their master bedroom all the kids sleep in one and parents sleep in the other and that's just the way they like to do it and they're also a farming family so they get up at like 3 a.m and start their day okay uh, So it's, it's, you know, and they go to bed at like six o'clock, like when it's still sunny outside. So they're just, they're different. um,
1: You might have to give me these guys contacts. I might have to talk to this dad because that's a very interesting uh, way of life.
2: So, so i now, that would not be a normal scenario where I would say that's good for anybody um, because like the kids need the end of it, but they, they're good enough parents to where they introduce independence and, and, um. One of the quirky things that they do as a family, and they yeah. like it. So, but the kids have their own bedrooms. They just, for whatever reason, don't utilize it. Uh, uh, so we picked on them for a little bit when we first found <laughs> that out. But you know, it, it works for them. And but the long term plays there. They're not.
1: Um, That's that's so that's so interesting. Everybody, it's so it's so crazy. My wife just started this uh, this like this mommy group, and she tells me all these stories about everybody's that everybody shares while she's in there. It's so interesting how different everybody's like parenting style is, and it's all about kind of parenting for what works for your family. And that was like the concept that they learned in in the class this week. Um, But it's just so interesting to hear all these different ways that people are bringing up their children you think like you know going back to your example of like the 50s right everything was kind of cookie cutter it was all the same every single child was raised the same every family kind of operated in the same way it's very interesting to see how different you know people that are living in the same neighborhood or like next door to each other they raise their kids completely they've completely different styles of doing anything it's so it's so interesting to to, to see that now. Yeah, this 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 story that you just mentioned kind of brought that brought that up in my head. Um, I know it's a little bit of a tangent, but you know, it, it's just so interesting that everybody has their own style, and uh, that's the cool thing about parenting, though, right? Yeah.
2: And if, if, if you do this podcast long enough, you'll learn, you're going to get a ton of hate of, of people who just disagree with what you say. And same thing, if your wife's probably experienced in the, in the mom blogs, I mean, the mom blogs, there's a ton of hate. Within them. It's so crazy. Um, it really, because, is. because if you do something different and you say it and you think it's good for your family. Um, and even if you say it in a way that, uh, you know, Hey, everyone can do their own thing. you be as delicate as you can about it. You're going to offend, um, a solid amount of, of people. Um, it was, so I'm starting to get to that stage where I'm just like, whatever this is how I feel bring the hate I can take it yeah for um, sure I, I just I just don't don't care enough and, and there's enough people out there that like what I'm saying that um that I I don't know I guess uh, uh I'm okay with it but truth be told even if nobody liked what I was saying I would still say it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because right. it, it's how I genuinely feel and how I want my kids to be raised and so uh uh and them to hopefully raise their kids in, in, in that same so, or similar format. So
1: for sure, and and that's why and that's why you're you're delivering all this content because as, as content creators, we can't really think about what everybody else is saying. We're doing what's honest to us and what's true to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's that's really important. Uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on with you, because that I thought is really really interesting from like looking at your content and and, and listening to your podcast, is that you mentioned before you run three businesses. And I assume 100% dads is the fourth, or is that third?
2: Yeah, technically, yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard to call it a business. It's more of a hobby right sure. now. But, um, it's just it's sucking cash, and it's never going to generate cash.
1: <laughs> so, so it's like hard. a fourth kid then, I guess.
2: It, it is, um, in a sense. And, and all businesses um, are kind of like your kid. I mean, it, it takes so much effort to, to birth them and, and to raise them when they're little, and it really... It's less fun, but then it becomes really enjoyable. For sure. Uh, and then there, there's always this kind of roller coaster ride of, um, you know, oh we're gonna die, and oh my gosh, this is great, and it happens about a hundred times a minute.
3: Yeah. So it,
2: it's I, I I genuinely enjoy it. And I I know having a business is not for everybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people out there, you know, I see, I see this is getting off parenting completely, but like there's a lot of content being put out there like start a business, start a business. there's a lot of people that just cannot work for themselves
0: 100% Um,
1: not only do you own three businesses you you've said that you every time you have a child you decided that you were going to start another business if memory serves me correct from listening why did you feel that way like why you know like it sounds
2: well in, in the moment i didn't realize it. it wasn't until i looked back and i realized it gotcha um, so it wasn't like oh i'm having a kid let's start a business it was um clearly something inside one of two things happened either i was starting to get bored because the business was starting to run more on its own after about two, three years. Uh, and then I just wanted that challenge of, of doing something else or, uh, inside I was freaking out a little bit and I'm like, Oh my gosh, we're having another kid and we, you know, we're a single income family. So my wife stays at home and, and I work and, uh, I am the sole source of everything. So, right. uh, so it's possible inside. I was panicking and just, all right, let's get another revenue stream going. Um, I, I don't know which one's which, um, it's probably a combination of both, yep. but yeah, it was around the third kid when I realized I was doing it. And I'm like, my gosh, you know, after Levi, it was RCS, and, the, uh, and then with Ryder, it was uh, the Auburn Group, and, and with Aiden, it was uh, Florida spending. So, uh, it, it's looking back, it's, it's very obvious what I was doing. Um, it, it was less obvious when I was doing it, yeah.
1: I mean, I guess. I guess getting a different revenue, uh, a new revenue stream when you have a new child. I guess you need that almost. You know what I mean? Like, because they're going to start... I didn't even expect to get into this conversation but talk to me a little bit more about the about this homeschooling thing um uh, i didn't realize that you did that um how, how is that experience why did you make that decision to to do that with your kids how do you did, did you do that from jump like starting with your 8 year old or um had, has that changed no, for him uh, or
2: we, we we just started i think about 2 years ago okay um, so it's rather well, well, relatively long but we had him in a private school okay um and, and we had the other brother you know, was in like a 3 year old school um, um, and that was, you know, that was like two or three days a week for like half the day and, and Levi was it for five days a week, I think in first grade. Um, and it's something, I, I knew some homeschoolers growing up, um, and I was always kind of envious of that because they got their school done so much faster than everybody else. Like school, hmm. uh, and I, and I cut probably 90% of school in high school, like so junior, that. senior year. I, I was like a rare occurrence in the classroom. Um, um but yeah, it's good. They would finish all their schooling in like an hour and a half, two hours, and then they'd go out surf because we live in Beachtown. They'd right. go out surfing for us today. day. Then they'd show up to football practice and wrestling practice. And like, my God, like that's, there's something to that. And they're intelligent. Like they're usually doing college courses, um, you know, getting college credits when they're 17 years old. Like, And so they're like graduating high school with, you know, a year and a half of college under their belt. Uh, it's, it's. So that was something I was not I was not against at all, um, but Ryan was. She didn't want to do it. Okay. My wife, um, and then
1: she kind of came to me and just said she's willing to give it a try. And, and we take it year by year, okay? Um, because
2: because it is a, that is a lot of time for mom to be with three boys. I mean, all day, every day, no
1: breaks. And, and she does the school busy. like she is like the educator.
2: Yeah. So my wife, um, yeah, and my wife was not competent. I don't think I would do it. She's um, she's highly intelligent. She's a lot smarter than me. Um, she was like a straight A student in high school, um, and she she's a little OCD and like her research and things like that. So she, I mean, she researched all these different curriculums, and she joined wow. a, a, a co op group. Um, in fact, they just created their own co op group this year. Um, they, uh, but she she really dug into each each of the curriculums and decided which one's best for our family. Um, you know, so she actually teaches the core classes like the the math and oh and, cool, uh, and you know, so, so certain subjects, and then like the things we're not good at as a family, like music, art, history, uh, we do with a co-op once a week. So like today they're they're out there, and so it's a whole bunch of families that get together, and different moms teach different classes, and they kind of they teach in a group setting. There's a lot of social interaction there.
3: Interesting. Um,
2: which was my so my big concern with homeschooling was actually social interaction worried they'd be like isolated and be these like
1: Do you have like a uh, uh, like a classroom like in your house with like a chalkboard and like all that stuff? So that's so interesting, man. I mean, you you should be you you should be doing this podcast and and, and creating all this content because the different experiences that you have and and you, uh, it's like made to to deliver this content to people. Uh, there's just so much that you have have going on. It's so very interesting, and I well, thought that. And, from... and
2: you know what my problem is? Like I, I'm I'm so not used to recording my life or talking about it that much. Like I'm kind of it's weird. I've always kind of been the quieter person. Like. And, like, now I'm realizing, like, Lindsey's yelling at me all the time, like, you need to be taking pictures of what you're doing. You need to be videoing what you're doing. You need to be, um, you know, like, going live with what you're doing. I feel like I'm kind of doing what I'm doing, so I'm not thinking about that. Like, right. I'll go back and write about it or talk about it later. But, um, uh, but I, I feel like that's probably going to be something I've got to overcome. And um, it's just weird, like, when you're playing with your kids saying, all right, everyone, you know, let's go live or let's you know for sure some pictures or things like that
1: see that's that's um, what my wife that's what my wife's concern is about like me starting this podcast which is why like i I don't yet do so much content like on instagram and stuff like that i kind of keep it honed into the podcast because my wife is worried like i don't want my daughter all over all over instagram and all over facebook and stuff like that so i'm not like
2: where you are you guys have to decide whether it's like a no-no thing or a it's an okay thing uh, we we've talked about it as a family that exact same so then we they just said yeah we'd love it i mean the boys like want to start their own youtube channel and I'm do, sure. like, magic tricks and science experiments on and i, I have no i have no problem with that and my wife has no problem with it so um
1: youtube youtube for kids it's like putting it, I mean, them in a candy shop they can just like go on and just do whatever you just tell me i can go in front of the camera and just do whatever i want to do and then like yeah. send it send it out to people that's like the best thing for kids ever i wish i had youtube so, when i was growing up
2: i have i haven't tried youtube kids yet i haven't seen it yet um and so the only thing we do on youtube so far is uh, music videos that we've seen and they're, they've gotten really into watching um there's a Mickey Mouse game that they've been trying to beat, so they watch another person play the Mickey Mouse game. I forget what it's called. Um, uh,
1: but that—that's the big—that's the big thing now is that kids watch yeah. other kids play video games so that they can learn how to play those same video games.
2: Yeah, it's, and it's working; like they're getting better at it. Yeah, it, I mean it makes sense. I mean that's what we do with golf and, and, and For football sure. and baseball. Of like, we watch other people do a really good job, and um, my, my like my father thinks it's the stupidest thing in the world. I'm like. You've been spending, like, 50 years watching football. (laughs) Like, you're doing the same thing. You're just watching someone else do something really well. And he's like, oh, it's not the same. I'm like, it is the
3: same. It
2: it
1: is the same. (laughs) And the kids are just, like, putting that into action. You know what I mean? Like, we're not, like, going out and putting on pads and going playing football. But, like, I play basketball a lot. And I notice that when NBA season is on and I'm watching – every night a different NBA game I'm going out to my basketball games every Wednesday and I'm playing so much better because like I'm just sitting there watching the game for the night before for weeks of watching etc so it, that's a very interesting concept these kids are smarter than we are yeah. you know no,
2: yeah I, I didn't come up with the fadeaway jumper I saw Jordan do it when I started on
1: the playground wait I thought he learned it from you it,
2: it, it's possible but it's, it's, he's a little bit older so I'll give him the credit
1: Oh man Townsend this has been a fantastic conversation I appreciate you taking the time I I don't I know you're very busy as if you were up here in New York we would be calling you the ultimate hustler with all the different businesses and things that you have your hands in so I don't want to keep up much more of your time. Um, I appreciate the time that you've given me. Um, But what I do, what I ask of everybody that I have on this show, and I'm going to ask you two things, um, is what's your favorite experience about being a father? Like, what is your favorite thing about fatherhood thus far? Did
2: you say my favorite thing or my favorite experience?
1: Favorite experience or favorite thing, whatever one, you know, choose what you will.
2: Uh, I I have all boys. um, And so, honestly everyone kind of defaults to that answer of like your kids being born, some mask on and everything. And it is, but then you have all these other moments and the, the good moments just keep on coming. I, I hesitate to even to pick up spot in the past and sit there and say, that was so great. And just live in that past moment. We're kind of creating all these great moments all the time. So, yeah. uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just like the experience of it because <laughs> kids say funny things. They do hilarious things. Uh, you know, when you watch them learn a new skill or a talent, and they get super excited about it. Um, you know, like last year was Levi's first time shooting a big gun. Um, and he shot it, but he was petrified. Like, it took him probably three weeks before he would even pull that trigger just because it scared him so much. And then, like, watching the light in his eyes and the excitement in his face that he overcame that challenge... And can now do it and now gets no problem firing them uh, but you get little things like that all the time yeah and, uh, uh, you know hopefully that never changes hopefully that's the same when they're graduating college and when they're getting married and when they're having their own kids and you just enjoy what's happening um uh you know somebody i was in a bible study once and this drove me crazy and i know we're running short on time uh, but the leader of the the, the study asked you know was an with a bunch of old people like what was your what, what was the best time of your life and so it's kind of a similar question here and everyone was saying college high school this that like all these old times when they got married um, and it kind of came to me i'm like right now like every single day is like so much fun i'm like i know tomorrow is going to be like better maybe there's some bad days thrown in there but for the most part like life is
1: good are you yes, kidding me i agree like, in the high school, I was living in my parents' house or at a friend's
2: house for a while. Uh, you know, In college, I was broke. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, we went out partying sometimes, but, like, those were not the best times of our lives. And, you know, then everyone kind of said, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, you know, living in America in 2019 is just, it, it's fantastic. There's lots of opportunity. Um, there's lots of fun. There's so much entertainment. And the kids growing up are just, you know, at least in my life like we're we're not worried about uh stupid things like we we're, we're just having fun. Um, yeah.
1: It's a great time and, and it's a great I mean, time to be raising kids. 2019 and, in America and, is the great time to be raising kids. I feel like uh, there's never been more at our disposal, you know what I mean? Like everything yeah, but, is at our there's fingertips. Re- there's it's amazing.
2: Resources if you're struggling, there's support if you're struggling and and, and when times are good, <laughs> there's there's so much you can you can capitalize on.
1: Absolutely. It's,
2: it's enjoyable.
1: Absolutely. And then my last question to you, because you're a little bit further down, a lot of bit further down the road than I am. One piece of advice you give me, I give me as a father, I'm a new father, eight weeks, you're eight years into it. So what piece of advice you give me and then, you know, give any other new father that's out there listening.
2: Yeah. Uh, make sure you have your will in place and life insurance. Okay. Make, make sure you're going to take care of your family if you die. Um, uh, nice. and you're not leaving them in a lurch, uh, And that doesn't mean you die of cancer. That means someone comes up on the sidewalk and hits you with a car while you're walking. Uh, Make sure you have your will signed, done, notarized, and you can do a cheap one for like 20 bucks online. Uh, It takes so much pressure off your family, off your wife, um, off your kids, uh, just to have that stuff structured out and to, and to leave them uh, financially just not screwed. Um, So having life insurance and having will, um, I think as a father, that's, you don't want to be remembered as a guy who died accidentally, however it happens, uh, but then left your family just completely screwed. Um, and, I, and I'm starting to see a lot of those stories pop up where uh, uh, families are just getting shattered and destroyed and dad's legacy is just completely tarnished because he left him in such a bind.
1: Well, with that said, I will be going online right now and I will be doing that <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Good. Good. Um, but again, thank you very much Townsend For, uh, for, for coming on and, and, and talking to us, it was such an insightful And great conversation um, tell, them, tell everybody that's listening Where they can catch your content uh, The podcast, the, the Instagram, everything Go ahead, do your plugs uh, Before we go uh, off uh, Yeah, 100%dad.com that's
2: 100%dad.com percent You have to spell out percent because you can't do that in a URL um, We're on Instagram um, We're on Facebook We're
1: on YouTube uh, so there's there's a, you can find us hopefully you can google 100% dad and find us as well but 100 dot that that you, you can get everywhere from there awesome fantastic Towns, Townsend Russell thank you again for coming on the show I uh, really appreciate it and I will uh, I will talk to you soon I hope
2: yeah we're gonna have you on ours I
1: think right yes indeed let's do this home and home man this is gonna be fun alright that's the end of the episode Perfect. here um Dad Hard with a podcast. Catch us next week. Until then, we're out. Peace.
0: When just a kid was fun. Ride, ride. Remember back in the days before you had brains. or cared about your waves. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Ain't that the truth, man? I wish you could go back being a little kid again, man. Ride. Yes, I do. Remember them good times, everything was free spirit and all that Talking the playground, he was playing on the monkey balls or whatever Uh, Sprinklers, hydrants going off in the street in the summertime That home cooking, (laughs) can't beat that man, you remember